All right, Howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com and rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we will pee on your house flag and you're not going to like it. At all. And now... Howler Pod. Oh. I remembered the voice of a fallen angel. The mind is its own place, and in itself can make a heaven of hell or a hell of heaven. Now I see it is upon me, and I sail before you the paragon of Apollonius Avaldii wrath, and I ask one question. For what purpose have you pulled me from the deep? Bloody hell, did you memorize that? Hello, Howlers! Welcome to Howlerpod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow, ow. I am your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers! All right, it's part two of our character study season. Character study season part two. Part two. We had the mid-season finale with Cassius. Of Yeah, he can't just be like a middleman. <laughs> He's got to be the mid-season finale. And now we're coming back. And if you thought we had some fun on the first 11 episodes, we're about to really pop off on these second 11 episodes. Fuck yeah. Some heavy hitters coming down the way. Uh, for our episodes. All right, it's character study time. Who will enter the passage tonight? The passage of our in-depth scrutiny and judgment? Will they rise above the rest and be crowned prime? Or will they fall short and be disgraced henceforth as a pixie? pixie. Who are we studying today? Rathbros. Rathbros, Rathbros. Valii, Wrath, Brothers, Tactus, <laughs> and Apollonius, and not really Tharsis. Not really Tharsis. <laughs> the Brothers' Wrath. All right, let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our character backgrounds. Hopefully we don't shit our suits, because <laughs> if the Minotaur of Mars was coming at me, I would just die. <laughs> and just for some housekeeping, I am podcasting in the nude today. Aaron has decided not to. Yep. Are you, are you comfortable with it? Is it nope. okay? Okay. <laughs> Put your pulse armor back on. Put your ghost cloak on. <laughs> All right. Let's start off with Tactus, All Valley I Wrath, the non-nude brother. <laughs> he is a gold, a peerless scarred, a former howler, and dead horse. Remember? Hiding in the stinky dead horses. Mm -hmm. That was a long time ago. He's also uh, was the lancer of House Augustus. He is the brother of Apollonius and Tharsis the son of a senator and a praetor, and is one of the iron-gold blood of the Gens Valii that dates back to the conquering. Tactus's skin is dark like oak honey, and he has high cheekbones and deep-set eyes that give him a look of permanent derision and remind Darrow of pit viper eyes, which isn't great, because <laughs> pit vipers are evil. <laughs> His voice is slow and languid, like a drifting blade. 
He's wiry. He has bronze hair. He also has some pixie-ish tendencies due to his penchant for indulging heavily in pinks, drugs, and partying. I guess I'm a pixie. He just sounds like a good time to me. I mean, I don't like pinks, but I like the <laughs> yeah, color pink. That part is a little problematic. You're right. <laughs> I like the color pink. And then I also <laughs> like drugs and partying. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I wouldn't want to call Tactus a pixie to his face. I'll make that very clear. <laughs> so uh, for Tactus, we meet him as part of House Diana. Um, he kind of joins up with Darrow and Severo in regards to their attack on House Ceres. That's when he hides in the dead horse. Um, after that, he tries to rape a House Ceres slave, right? Yeah. And he gets caught, and Darrow has to have him whipped. And House Diane is all like up in an uproar about this. And Darrow has this great moment where he also has himself whipped. Because he allowed this to happen or whatever, you know, it's like this whole well, he's learning like, moment Whatever for my people do, yeah. I do. So I take <laughs> the punishment. We all learned something that day. I certainly did. <laughs> and then Tactus is like, I love this guy. And he follows him the rest of the way uh, of Red Rising. He's like a howler at that point. Pisses on the flag at Apollo. Yeah. Uh, and then once we get to Golden Sun, he's like a lancer of House Augustus. And he's kind of in jeopardy of losing that spot because of his loyalty to Darrow. And so he makes the decision to return Lysander to Luna after he's been kidnapped by yeah, Severo and the Howlers. jumps out the back of the ship with the little boy. Right. And then he basically joins up with the Sovereign against Darrow. Uh, he arrives on Europa with Aja. He's wounded when uh, Darrow sets his little trap. And then Tactus goes to kill Lauren's family. The grandchildren. But he can't really do it. Including Alexander. <clears throat> yep. Alexander was there. And Darrow appeals to him, tells him, like, hey, we're great friends. Trust me. I got your back. Like, it's going to be okay. Is like, I do trust you. Yep. Tactus decides to come back to Darrow. And then he's promptly killed by <laughs> Lauren. So. As he should be <laughs> for threatening Lauren's grandchildren. I'm just saying, if you were Lauren. What it was a tough do? one. I mean, Lauren comes to regret his decision. So I don't know. I feel like Lauren is just ready to kill <laughs> anybody. Um, yep. And then he dies. <laughs> and then he dies. But then afterwards, we meet his brothers. Mm -hmm. So we meet, well, we meet Tharsis, but we'll talk about him in a second. Let's start with Apollonius. He's way more fun. Yeah, he's <laughs> the most fun. <laughs> Apollonius Avalii Wrath is a gold, a peerless scarred, and is known as the Minotaur of Mars. He's the older brother of Tharsis and Tactus, the son of a senator and a praetor, and he's also of the gens Valii that dates back to the conquering. Apple's skin is tawny and darker than that of his younger brother Tactus. He has long, golden hair that is coiled and splays down his broad back. Darrow describes him as a twisted simulacrum of Tactus with a similar equine nose, sensual lips, dark eyelashes, and hot coal eyes. Yes. Aaron <laughs> <laughs> needs a fan. Uh, all, Apple is also more broad and muscular than his wiry and smaller younger brother, Tactus. Some fun Apple facts. He's actually a drinking buddy of Carnassol Bologna. Sounds like quite the terrible twosome. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would want to hang out with them at, at the same time. Um, he's also one of the first ships to fire on uh, Lilith's ship when she was setting off the nukes on Lu- Luna, even though he was actually a bone rider at the time. And then Fitchner also defeated him in a duel to become the Rage Knight. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. How? Fixture's got tricks. Fixture's fucking tricky. He's tricky. <laughs> That's, yeah. I mean, how did Severo not die to Priam? You know, they got tricks. Exactly. Um, so what's Apple's story? So Apple, we um, hear about him, but we first meet him when Darrow and the Howlers go to pull him out of Deep Grave. That, of course, is when we first see him naked. He um, is uh, with his violin in a in a very deep sonata playing a song and the howlers walk in and see his paradise of a jail cell they then break him out and go to venus that's where we see tharsis and apple gets to be like what's up little bro where the fuck have you been so he gets to see his little brother and then promptly is renamed minotaur gets his helmet back joins with darrow they attack the ash lord and then the Minotaur uh, saves Darrow's life, which is great for us, but also like, thanks, Apple. <laughs> you know, he's obviously got a bomb in his head, but he saves Darrow. And then Darrow betrays him and makes an enemy of him, which I feel like was a bad idea. Well, he's also kind of pissed because Apollonius didn't tell him the whole situation with Ashlord. Asslord? Asslord. Well, that's true. But yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> he was trying to get free. And then uh, lastly, in Dark Age, we see him with Lysander. He's, of course, got his Harry Potter ghost cloak and map. Mm. What's the map (laughs) called? The Marauder's Map. The Marauder's Map. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's following Lysander. And then at the end, we see Lysander and Apple form an alliance. Team up. Perfect. All right. Dream team. Dream team. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to Tharsis. Tharsis of Valiai Wrath. Is uh, what we have here is fuck Darsis. We don't like him. No, oh, uh huh. <laughs> he's a pixie. <laughs> this We're is just the guy. Straight up say he's a pixie. Right. This is the guy that wanted to buy Severo's bones for his bone rider suit in Morningstar. How dare he? And then he's also the guy with the pool and like the paunch and on Venus in Iron Gold. That's and that guy. And he also allegedly raped his younger brother. Yes, he seemed to be. There seemed to be an inference. Some that diddling. He was <laughs> probably doing some terrible shit to his younger brother tactus so great as we said fuck him so that's the last time we'll talk about him (laughs) let's hear from heather our wise and wonderful researcher all right yes let's explore some historical connections heather says starting with surnames volley wrath exhibits many nuances wrath appears to be old irish for grace or virtue Having been derived from the photo-Celtic oratom, good fortune, the Valii Ras are renowned for their extraordinary talent and wealth despite their exceedingly great ability to sin, demonstrating throughout generations that luck is on their side. Meanwhile, Valii shares phonetic characteristics with the Latin imperative veil, the common goodbye in ancient Rome meaning be well or more literally be strong. Tactus's soft side was often overshadowed by his social attempts to appear powerful and independent, and his belief that being such is expected was clearly instilled in him by his family, particularly his brothers. Readers don't learn much about the parents of Apollonius, Tharsis, and Tactus, but one can reasonably extrapolate 
that upbringing at least partially contributed to their sociopathic tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> Another interpretation of valii could be the Latin valley, highlighting the behavioral gulf between the valii ras and other prestigious gold houses. Moving on to Tactus, his first name is the perfect passive participle in the Latin verb tango, to touch, making him a person having been affected or reached. Unlike his brothers, Tactus yearned to comfortably follow a friend who would bleed for his own wicked deeds. In a world of iron and steel, Tactus, of all people, was inspired to change for Darrow, even when other golds condemned such submission. That receptiveness reflects his overall transcendent qualities, unlike so many other characters. Tactus was never static, but rather always evolving as the influences around him vacillated. Apollonius, on the other hand, is not so much influenced as he is the influencer. <laughs> While ancient Greek in origin, his is a biblical name that means destroying. Throughout childhood, he crushed the hopes of Tactus's violin career. Not only does this play into his role as a destroyer of worlds, but it also highlights another potential meaning of his name, Apollo-like. The Greek-Roman god Apollo was celebrated for his musical strengths, particularly in the realm of stringed instruments. Extremely theatrical and dramatic, Apollo was large and in charge, just like our diva Apollonius. Apollo was also the deity of medicine, which could explain Apollonius's drug-pushing tendencies. In addition to mythological connections, though, there were a number of famous Apolloniuses throughout history, most notably the ancient Greek author Apollonius of Rhodes shares a unique rhetorical astuteness with good old Apple in his peculiar choice to exclusively speak in verse. I love that she called Apple a diva. <laughs> yes. And then I didn't hear the rest of it because I started singing, I'm a, I'm a diva. I'm a, I'm a diva. So. You won't pass the pop quiz. Though. Nope. I'll catch back up here. Um, Heather says, obviously, one can't deeply analyze Apollonius without addressing his beloved title as Minotaur of Mars. According to legend, the man-eating Minotaur, the man-eating Minotaur was offspring of a Cretan bull Poseidon sent to King Minos for sacrifice. Minos refused to kill said bull on account of its unusual beauty. This enraged the sea god to such an extent that he made the king's wife, Pasiphae, fall in love with the bull and give birth to the minotaur. Damn. That would make the beast half royalty, half monster, just like Apollonius from the Red Rising universe. A killing machine, the Minotaur presented absolute terror to Greek civilization until the combined strength of Theseus and the intelligence of Ariadne facilitated its death and defeat. Though it would be incredible to see Apollonius switch sides to fight for the Republic, this classical parallel more likely implies that he'll continue to traumatize the solar system until the Darrow and Mustang duo can take him down. Nice. Ending with the often overlooked middle child, the name Tharsis, fuck him. Could hey, be I thought we weren't talking about him anymore, <laughs> Heather. Could be a corruption of the ancient Greek Tharsos, meaning courageous or daring. Of the little readers learn about this character, Tharsis certainly comes off as ballsy and arrogant. He did plot his brother's murder and imprisonment behind Apollonius's back in order to seize his house's assets for himself. Maybe not the most courageous course of action, but unarguably bold. 
All right, Heather. Another win. Well done, Heather. Thank you. All she does is win, 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 <laughs> no matter what. I particularly like the idea that Apollonius as the Minotaur is terrorizing the solar system and Darrow and Mustang are gonna have to like figure out some kind of super secret plan to like put him down. I like the idea that he is the child of a bull and a goddess. He does kind of seem like that. Yeah. All right, let's talk about these characters' legacies. Let's do it. Okay, so <laughs> Tactus, he's another one of the golds that shows both the good and the bad of gold. Um, some people love him. Some people hate him. Some people feel both ways, like me. Oh, I thought you just didn't like him at all. Well, I'm probably more on that <laughs> side. Um, there, there is good in him because he sees the error of his ways. Right. But then he's also devious and capable of great cruelty and brutality. Right. I think the biggest thing that you have to remember with Taxus is he's like, he's in a victim of abuse. And he's also, like we had kind of talked about with Cassius in a similar way, he's also a victim of the society that he grew up in general and the expectations of him. I know, but Cassius didn't rape people. <laughs> He's probably enjoyed his fair share of pinks. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> so you want to start talking problematic. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I think that you can grow up in this society with the great pressures of success, like Mustang, right. and not go around being a murdery rapist. I see. I think the thing is, is this example that was set for him was... Apollonius and Tharsis. And, and obviously so this is going to be a episode that shines the light on my great hypocrisy <laughs> where I don't like Tactus because he's like kind of bad, but I love Apple who's like fully bad. We'll get into that though. There's there's some logic to that though a little bit. So we'll talk about that in just a second. Okay. I want to stick with this part, uh, this thing that we were talking about with Tactus about how he's kind of a victim of expectations. He's a victim of abuse and a victim of what the society asks of these golds. And so he feels like he's got to live up to this reputation of, you know, the brother's wrath. Yes. So he's got to be kind of this wicked, callous, um, brutal person. But I don't think that's truly who he is. He's capable of all those things. He's more of like a fake it till you make it type dude. So on the inside, he's really more like Roke. Yeah, wants, I think he, he is. He wants to be a... He's a softy. A musician. That's probably why they were possibly in love with each other. Yes. <laughs> we forgot to mention that in his background. <laughs> so, you know, there's the inferred sexual abuse by Tharsis. There's the violin story with Apple that... Um, That's a sad Heather talked story. On. Yeah, Heather touched on. That is a really sad story. Can you imagine if your older sister like came into your room and stabbed your favorite basketball with a knife and told you you sucked. It's not even that. It's like taking my basketball, going and playing with it, and just becoming like a professional basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> just like right but in front Apple of my face. But Apple smashed his violin. Did he? Did I make that up? Yeah, I think he oh, did. fucker. <laughs> he just got like way better at the violin. I mean, your sister is a professional basketball player, so this is a real life story. <laughs> It's w it would be weird to be like, hey, I'd love to play the violin. And then your brother takes his violin and is just like, oh, I'm a prodigy at the violin. 
so and fuck I'm just you. going to crush you at this. So, <laughs> and, he, and then he has no way to stand out. So it's like it's tough for him in that moment where he's trying to fight for status. He's trying to fight to make his own name within this family, but he can't. He doesn't really have anything that makes him stand out in the way that Apollonius does. And then Tharsis is just like completely fucked up weirdo. Well, he's just a full-on pixie. Yeah. He doesn't care about um, being the strongest or the most talented. He just wants to drink and fuck pinks. Right, but he's also like depraved and doing a lot of brutal, weird shit for the Bone Riders. So, also um, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately, I feel like Taxus is kind of a victim of that depravity and ideology of gold society in general. Um, there's just not a place in society or in espe- and especially within the Valley Eye Wrath family for a soul like Tactus. He's got to pretend. He has to do his best to be an iron gold and be wicked in the way that is expected of a Wrath brother. And then that costs him everything that he has gained in his life, including his friends. So it's like that reputation... And him trying to live up to it is ultimately what uh, makes him stop following Darrow because he knows like his parents and his brothers are going to look down on him if he's seen as this follower of Darrow and not blazing his own path. So in that's the why he system. steals Lysander. Right, and that's why that's him blazing his own path, which is not the right path. Right, and then he ends up that ends up costing him everything that he had gained at that point. You know, he loses all of his friends. He loses everything he cares about. And, and obviously, Octavia is just gonna use him and throw him away. Correct, and he figures that out, and that's where we get to this moment with Darrow, where. Darrow lays it out all out and, and, you know, asks him to come back and tells him he, he will accept him and that he just needs to, like, trust his friends. And and Tactus realizes the error of his ways and he breaks down and he's crying and he asks for Darrow's forgiveness and comes back into the fold. And then once again, he's victimized by Gold Society when Lauren just kills him because that's the way things go down. Well, right. <laughs> you can't threaten a man's grandchildren... Right. Especially when that man is Lorna Argos. And then one thing I just love about Tactus is he's this character that initially he doesn't seem to be anything more than what's on the surface. Like in Red Rising, he's like very crass. Like in the original book, he's very crass. He's brutal. Um, and it just seems like he's kind of an asshole. And, you right. know, but as we get to know him more, you see that there's like this really soft side to him. And a lot of that stuff this is... troubled past. Right. There's a troubled past. And so he's very Shrek-like. Oh, wow. You're trying to get <laughs> back on everyone's team here. He's like an onion. Because why? Because he has layers, right? Ogres are like mm-hmm. onions because they have layers. <laughs> so Tactus is also an ogre. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good job, Ben. I'm going to force you to walk Shrek this weekend with me, and you're going to love it. Perfect. I'm excited. Donkey. <laughs> and in the morning, I'm making waffles. And then I think the best thing that Tactus uh, does is he's like a true testament to Pierce Brown's writing, Take a Drink, and that he's able to, you know, like imbue this character with a lot of depth and provide him with a true arc throughout these books. Um, it has a profound effect on Darrow. Uh, think about how much Tactus's death impacts Darrow. 
Like, oh, yeah. He gets real sad boy. Exactly. And it makes him rethink his other relationships, like how he treated Roke and all this stuff like that. Yeah. So not that he necessarily fixes that stuff, but he does have to like rethink it and think about what he's done and how he needs to be better. And in my opinion, it's that specific quality to Pierce's writing that I think makes it so good and why these stories like resonate so well with uh, readers. He makes you care about people before he kills them. Right. He and, and Tactus doesn't have a whole lot of screen time. He's actually in the original book a lot, but like Golden Sun, he's not in the book a lot and he doesn't show up in Red Rising until about halfway through. At that point, he's a, he's a kind of a bigger character, but with a little bit of screen time, we get to peel back all the layers of this character and see all this great depth uh, to this character. And he's able to do that very quickly and make you care about him. And I just love that so many people can have like a character like Tactus be like, hey, that's one of my favorite characters. And I don't think a lot of stories are able to do that. So that's just a testament to Pierce and how well he's able to create those characters. Take a drink for Pierce. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. You know, obviously most stories have maybe one to three like even characters, characters that you can remember and you yeah. know like you know yeah and i read a lot of books that have a lot of characters that i can't right. remember <laughs> right and to have such an effect on the main character i think that's one of the rain, main reasons that he's able to bring these characters into the story and then they actually affect the story and they affect right the They're main character catalyst for right. darrow that changes him in some way also it changes his relationship with Severo because that's kind of one of the first strikes um, when he brings Tactus back on the ship, um, right. his body. Yeah, It's a strike with Roke, especially, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then also with everyone else, they're looking at Darrow like, he's just going to get us all killed. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the first big deaths that they experience mm-hmm. as a group. Yeah, it definitely starts to go down there in Golden Sun with like Quinn and... Uh, Tactus dying, and mm-hmm. it's all a big kind of lead up, obviously. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was Tactus. Let's talk about Apple now. Well, first, fuck Darsis. We can't. <laughs> yeah. Can't let that one go. He totally sucks. He sucks. I'll talk about Apple. Yeah. I'll let you lead this one. Okay. So <laughs> Apple is, uh, he's not as complicated as Tactus, but he does show growth. And he kind of talks about his own growth from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason he's not as complicated is he's not nearly as gray a character as Tactus. He's a, just a psychopathic killer. He seems to really enjoy violence. And he has a tremendous thirst for glory and power. And he's basically everything that a gold could ever hope to be. Right. Just a, a god of war yes, is what he is. A god in full stop. Like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> body, like mind. Musical talent. Exactly. Musical talent. <laughs> <laughs> He's also extremely fun. I think this is what makes him this so much This is why different. I like him so yeah. much. Um, while Tactus is emotional and um, Darrow is emotional about him, Apple's just crazy and <laughs> hilarious. And Darrow's like, this guy is fucking crazy. <laughs> and Severo's like, what the fuck? And Severo's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And Severo thinking you're crazy means that you're crazy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then lastly, his legacy that we know so far, it's largely undetermined. And we're super excited to see what choices he makes in the last book. 
um, because I feel like he's going to be a big part of the story. I mean, right now he's positioned himself to be a big part of Lysander's story. Um, but for now, he remains one of the best characters introduced um, in the second trilogy. And he's he's just amazing. And I love him <laughs> so much. Um, but I also want to say in the jail cell, when they bring him onto the ship from Deep Grave mm-hmm. on the on the ship's cell, I guess, he goes through this whole soliloquy about his life and how when he was captured, he um, hadn't been tested by fire. And basically, like, Darrow was the fire, and and it made him, like, reevaluate his whole life. And he admits, like, his faults in in being, like, pixie-minded. Right. And uh, how he was, like, through this term that he spent in Deep Grave, like, became even better and right. even more the Minotaur of Mars. Yeah, he like sharpened himself down there for however long. Right, and he says he like perfected his body, his yeah. mind, his musical talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like truly formidable now. Like right. he was always a problem before, obviously. And he, but he was always being led, mm-hmm. and I think his term in Deep Grave gave him the chance to really become more independent and now he's ready to be the leader yeah that he always like wanted to be but didn't have the ability or the status yet to do it right i think that's a really good point so now he's gonna take (laughs) over (laughs) and i i think like his legacy as a character is just as this like extremely fun he's so like wicked and just devious his long speeches yeah and he knows it, and I think that, and you know it, and so it's like that's what allows you to kind of excuse some of the bad behavior and just be like, this guy is, he's fun to hang out with. With Tactus, like, he's all emotional sad boy about the entire situation. He's like, oh, should I do this, or I fucked up here, and you're like, yeah, you did kind of fuck yeah. up there. And Daryl's also super sad about it, so it makes you, like, you know, empathize and emotional about it, but with Apple, it's just like, this guy's fucking crazy. Let him loose. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just let's all just watch what he does. <laughs> I think, too, like how much fun must Pierce be having writing these like super long speeches and then writing like the responses of several. Do you session. remember in our interview with him when he was like, I didn't they didn't edit that dialogue at all. It was like just all you? came out of me. <laughs> it was like, yeah, like, that was what? like my favorite answer. From did the he take like <laughs> mushrooms to write that? Like, how did his brain go to that place? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah, that was. I think that was my favorite answer. I mean, of and the you, I mean, we've even sat here and googled like <laughs> what all the Latin and stuff means. Oh, I yeah. mean, he he speaks in riddles, and it's amazing. Okay, let's move on to predictions. We were kind of touching on this with Apollonius and his legacy being still kind of undetermined at this point. I think we know who he is as a character, but just ultimately his impact on the stories and Darrow is undetermined at this point. So I guess I just want to ask one question for predictions. Okay. Who, who turns on who first? Apple turning on Lysander or Lysander turning on Apple? Lysander, because he's a little bitch. <laughs> you think Lysander turns on Apple? Yes. Before Apple does? I think Apple's main goal is, like we said, he uh, was forged in the fire of Darrow. Mm-hmm. He wants to test that and go up against Darrow again. So he's setting himself up with Lysander to basically like test himself against Darrow again. Right. Do you think it'll be a similar situation to like what 
caused him to end up in Deep Grave, where Ash Lord sent him on a suicide mission, basically? I don't know. Um, I think he's he's positioned himself with Lysander to have more power. And um, I don't know. If Lysander's smart, he'll not do that, and he'll keep him by his side. Right. See, my prediction with Apple and Lysander is I think Lysander is underestimating Apollonius at this point, especially how much he's changed, like kind of what you were talking about. And I think that that's going to be a fatal mistake for him where it's going to cost him uh, like big time. Hopefully his life. Where he's Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. <laughs> but uh, I think he's just going to underestimate Apple at the wrong time and expect him to do something that he's not going to do. And then realize that Apple's a free agent and he can do his own shit. Do you think shit. Apple will hop back over to Darrow's side? No, he's just always going to be out for himself. He's yeah. got his own shit going on. He's got Venus. Right. I hope he keeps it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want him to be happy. <laughs> or at least, like, go out in a blazing ball of glory, you know? Who are we uh, fan casting? Okay, so for Tactus... I'm going to go with um, John Boyega, who is Finn Ooh, in Star Wars. One. Yeah. He's so cute. <laughs> and um, I think that he can be, like, broody enough. Um, he also hasn't been forged in the fires beyond Star Wars, but I think that he could be a great tactus. I like that a lot. He could also he could d- definitely handle like the sarcasm part he, of it. He can also like uh, do the action stuff, right? And nice. hopefully pee on command because <laughs> that is a uh, you know something you have to do. Do you have one for tactus? I I this isn't necessarily a fan casting. This is just like who I pictured always when I was reading the books. I'm bad with like visualizing um, descriptions from books. So I, I typically just tend to like throw them out and then like match them up with a voice that I imagine in my head. Great. And so <laughs> I always pictured this actor named Will Poulter. He's the dude with like the eyebrows. He's in a bunch of like, um, he was in Maze Hunter. He was just in Midsommar. He's in a bunch of different movies. Oh, okay. Uh, I looked him up. I know exactly who that is. I didn't know that was his name. <laughs> but he he plays like characters like Tactus a lot, where they're kind of like good bad guys, or they say a bunch of like stupid mean shit, but they're part of the good guys. It's, I don't know. It's just like his voice and his overall demeanor as an actor screamed Tactus to me when I was reading the book originally. <laughs> And so I just started picturing I him as the dude. Yeah. Because yeah. he plays those types of characters a lot. Okay. So for Apollonius, mm-hmm. um, my first thought. So if you watch um, the show Insecure, he's one of Issa's short-term boyfriends. But his name's Kendrick Sampson. And he is, like, fucking gorgeous. He um, is... I think of him as Apple because he's just so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he can do like action stuff, um, but he's got abs. <laughs> so he can do the naked stuff. <laughs> he can do the naked stuff. Wow, um, he's hot, yeah. He's so, he's so hot. Thank you. His voice is very like sensual. Like everything he says, you're like, okay. He can handle the verse. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen Insecure? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. does like the like. I didn't know that was his name, but I know who you're voice. talking about. Yeah. Um, 
but action wise, I was thinking Michael B. Jordan. Um, obviously, we've seen him in Black Panther. He's the bad guy with Kill all Monger. the with all the polka dots on him. That's a similar type character too right yeah so that's kind of how i picture him also in creed he does all the like badass fighting and stuff um so if if they could have like (laughs) if if, like michael b jordan could be just as pretty i mean he's already pretty but if he could be as pretty as kendrick samson (laughs) but then if kendrick samson could have like the fighting ability and like the big muscles as michael b jordan i think i just made a great marriage So that's who I picture as Apple. Man, this has been a good fan casting this time. If you guys haven't seen Kendrick Sampson, Google him. He's like so pretty. <laughs> he is very. And um, just the way he talks. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Apple and Tactus. And Tharsis doesn't deserve a fan casting. Because no. he looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the Prime 5. Which is our top five best character moments for Apple and Tactus. No Tharsis here. Fuck Tharsis. Oh, I don't know. That wasn't clear. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed. Okay, so obviously Apple has a million great speeches. Just every time he's on the page. Every time he talks. So we're not even going to talk about all those. (laughs) So uh, number five on the Prime 5, we're going to talk about how Apple steals Lysander's grav boots. Just because we like you know, fucking with Lysander. Right. So he, <laughs> he takes the grab boots. Um, Lysander's, when he's fighting all of the people blind, remember, in the desert. Ajax's goons. The goons. Yeah. Um, and he wins, but he's, like, beat up pretty bad. And uh, doesn't he lose an ear or something? He's, he's fucked up. He's already got his eye fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So then Apple takes his grab boots and is, like... <laughs> Makes him walk across the desert. You gotta walk. And he <laughs> yeah. doesn't help him at all. <laughs> it's hilarious. Even though Apple wants something from him, he's, yeah. like, willing to let him die. I love how he's just, like, stalking him that whole time. Yeah. It's very Apple. What is the... What's the song? <laughs> if I were invisible. <laughs> Clay Aiken. Clay Aiken, yes. <laughs> Perfect. All What's right, that, next? that was our number five moment. Let's move on to number four. This is another Apollonius moment, and this is at the Ash Lord's fortress. He saves Darrow from getting scalped and probably killed by an obsidian, and then also the revelation in the Ash Lord's like little room where they're all hanging out. And we realize that Apollonius is. Has poisoned the Ash Lord like three years ago and knew about it the whole and he's time. Like, oh, you got my present. <laughs> and then when Daryl confronts me, he's like, I didn't know if yeah. he got it. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was extremely uh, devious and sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. By Apollonius, which you know we appreciate. And also, I mean, like, we got to give him some props for saving Daryl's life because I honestly did think he was like completely fucked at that moment. Yeah, we're like, oh, wait, is this how Darrow died? I know. I was like, is this, this can't be. Like, and also just like going out to like a random obsidian. Right. Yeah. And like all your friends are down. Yeah. Only Alexander's fighting everybody off. Uh, Thank you, Apple. Yes. But then Apple shows up and he's like, saves the day. It's crazy. And he's just shouting about glory and it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It'll be a great movie moment. It will be. Yes. Number three on our list, uh, Tactus peeing 
on House Apollo Flag. Obviously, if you pee, you are the Primus of the week. He's already you know been how Primus. this works. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of Howlerpod? We award urination when it's at someone else's expense. Clearly, this was going to be on the Prime Five, but this is a great moment and just shows you like the, the gleeful joy and I keep saying wickedness, but like it just like is such a perfect word for Tactus. He's just like gleefully wicked. Yes. And uh, this moment is like one of Elphaba. those. Mo- yeah. Like, like who? Alphaba. Who the fuck is Alphaba? From Wicked. Oh, okay. I just wanted to throw it out there. Got gotcha. you. <laughs> you agreed with me so I readily. Just, I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Got to sneak in some music theater for you. Uh, but yeah, so this is the part. That's not even a good reference because she's not wicked. She's actually a good witch. Oh, Even okay. though they think she's the bad witch. Gotcha. Well, Just wanted to make sure everyone knew that I knew my music theater past. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. We were really worried. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, this is that moment when Darrow is like distracting all of the proctors and they're trying to be like, hey, man, you need to stop doing all this fucking shit. And Darrow's like, I don't know about any of that. I didn't do And anything. then they start hearing House Apollo is like on fire in the background. And, he's and like, everybody I didn't shows do up. It. And. The howlers have already, like, what crawled through the latrines, basically, and yeah, infiltrated the, the yeah the castle. And Tactus is climbing the tower and with a knife in his mouth and peeing on the flag. Uh, it's pretty also great. Also, a moment. great movie moment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you beast. <laughs> Number two is when uh, Tactus, as we've said, is in a dark place. He's got the grandchildren cornered with his razor. Mm. Lauren's ready to. Mm. Slippy slice him. Mm. And uh, Darrow pleads for him to come back and he drops his weapon and accepts Darrow's offer, weeping and ashamed and asking for forgiveness and um, just open for love. Exactly. And he, then he got opened up by something <laughs> else. <laughs> he got opened up by Lorne. But made more room for love. That's true. That's true. You know, that's nice. There's more room for love in your heart. When, when you don't are, have a heart. When there are holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> Good analogy. <laughs> um, but no, this, this of course, is one of the reasons people still like Tactus. It's because even though he left us and betrayed Darrow, this is where he, he comes back around. And the Howlers, who are more forgiving than me, accepted him just as Darrow did. And I'm on Lorne's side. <laughs> Just want to make that clear. I'm on Tactus' side in this one. I think that he would have been a great howler if he just would have been able to live. Um, I just don't think you can ever trust him again when he, he already had every chance and decided to betray everybody. But that's just like a misunderstanding of Tactus. Like he, he didn't do that out of a situation where he's two-faced or something like that. He's trying to do it to like win the approval of other people. Right. But how many lessons does Tactus get? He gets these special treatments <laughs> from Darrow. Like Darrow already did the <laughs> whole true. the whole whipping thing. Like yeah. how many times does Darrow have to show him that he's different from his brothers? He's got a lot to learn. He's a really fucked up gold. Well, I just saying he's had every opportunity from I think that's pretty fair. He did get Darrow his one chance. to be a good howler and he fucked it up. Therefore, Fuck him. <laughs> Lauren cuts him down. 
who just have a heart for these charity cases like this. You do. I do. Because you're a pixie. (laughs) 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 Number one on the Prime 5, it's actually a double number one because it's both of our characters' introductions. Let's start with Tactus. I believe the first thing that he says when he's introduced is we should cut their balls off. Ooh. So you should cut their balls. Off. <laughs> Whose balls? Severo and Darrow. Oh, this is when they're like rolling up to house Diana. If that had happened, then we wouldn't have Electra and Pax and the other two several children. <laughs> that is true. I just love Tactus in this moment. He's just like everything that we oh, sorry, know three. about Tactus. I forgot about Ulysses again. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> We wouldn't have Ulysses' death if Severo had his balls cut off. Dang. I mean... We're really getting to the bottom of things here. The balls. (laughs) Uh, I just love this moment because it's like Tactus being super sarcastic. And I love that he comes in and he just like has his... He has a really good chemistry with Severo, I feel like. Or like bad chemistry. I mean, Severo's whispering to Daryl like, like, we need to fucking kill this motherfucker. Right, but then they are like dead horsing it together mm-hmm. and they're like kind of bash bros after that, you know? Tactus really fits into that whole weirdness of the howlers really well. I feel like Severus weird and then all his little howlers are weird and then Tactus is like this kind of big time gold that shouldn't be involved in that, but he's like, yeah, I like these guys. And I just like that about him. Okay, and then you talk about Apple's intro. Okay, I mean, we know and how you sing a song in your head while I do I'll it. Do it. So I already kind of talked about this, but obviously we go to Deep Grave. It's this big Mission Impossible mission. We get in there, walk in, first expect to find him in this cell. We find Tongueless, thankfully. Mystery. The mystery of Tongueless. And then we uh, finally get to Apple, and of course he is vigorously playing the violin. He is naked. There are pinks also naked, asleep on these chase lounges. <laughs> and then there's like um, wines and fruits and trees. Hookahs. And hookahs everywhere. <laughs> hookahs for everybody. <laughs> and it's just this beautiful, like, I think of the rainforest at the zoo. When you walk in, it just smells amazing. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's just like the best smell yeah. is the rainforest at yeah. the zoo. Every zoo. Every zoo's <laughs> rainforest smells amazing. Like the indoor rainforest? Yes. Yeah. That's what I think of. That's where Apollonius is. Because he's got so many plants in there? It's just like a beautiful, amazing, fresh jungle <laughs> yeah. at the bottom of the ocean. With like wine and yes. shit laying around? I got you. Uh, I like that. So that's that's his great introduction. And then, of course, we get, what's this? <laughs> a deputation of devils? <laughs> He's like, have you come to kill me, fiends? (laughs) This is from memory. He just starts going at that point. And and this is when Severo is like in the comms, like he's fucking crazy. (laughs) He's like, we got to get out of (laughs) here. And they're all like, abort, abort, because they expected him to be emaciated and, um, you know, confused even and had been in solitary. But no. He's he's sharper than ever. Yeah, and like a fucking god yes. walking through that door. Yeah, that's just it's so great. And th- he also, by the way, holds up his violin like as a weapon. Yeah. yeah like he's, he's ready. ready to brawl naked <laughs> with a violin as his only weapon. Yeah. It's great. 
Yes, that's just I I would listen to Apple Talk for, you know, a solid 55 minutes if I could. Just 55? Yeah, not 56, 55. I feel like he'd be a fun boyfriend. <laughs> 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 not like forever, just maybe like It's like a fling. Like one or two dates. Yeah, I got you. He would be pretty entertaining. But then it'd be like, okay, enough about you. <laughs> That's all he definitely you wants know. to talk about. <laughs> or he'd be like, have you read Paradise Lost? And you'd just be like, I know. No. I haven't. And he's like, well, this isn't going to make any sense for you then. I would just want him to play the violin for I'd me just naked. Like, shh. Shh. Yeah. <laughs> you shush. <laughs> Tell me a, a, a poem and let's fuck. <laughs> All right. We mentioned this was R rated. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's move on to Prime or Pixie. All right. I think we're going to fight. Did Apollonius and Tactus survive the Hallerpod passage of in depth scrutiny and judgment? Let's find out. Do we have emails? Let's go to the Howlers first. Our first email is from Cassie. What up, Cassie? She said, Sorry, Aaron. Tactus is the best Whoa. of the Wrath Bros. Wait, how does she know I don't like Tactus? You already said it. You said it on a oh man, I'm too transparent. I think you said it on Cassie's podcast. Wow. She said Cassie I w- knows me. Yeah, she said I was legitimately more upset when he died than when Quinn or Leah died, even though at that point he was on the other side. If you were the baby brother to those sadists, you'd make some poor life choices too that said she's always down for some quality naked apple content you're getting plenty of that here today and he is the only of the three that i'd give prime to he's a shit but he's wicked clever and an excellent fighter tactus died while being weepy and threatening children and tharsis has no redeeming qualities as a character whatsoever hey fuck tharsis She said, Texas died while being weepy and threatening children. So he's a pixie. Yes, he is a pixie. (laughs) Even though she loves Tactus, she still named him a pixie. Okay, next email is from Daniel. Um, First off, he says he fucking loves Apple. Agreed. (laughs) He says, anyone that can stand tall and naked looking down a barrel is my kind of dude. Also agreed. (laughs) 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 So... He didn't have an actor in mind for the characters. He says Tharsis is a pixie because he's a sick fuck. I agree. He misses Tactus um, that he was a little shit but was a pivotal character for Darrow, which is what Ben was just talking about. Um, But in the end, he named Taxus a pixie because um, even though he would have changed his ways for Darrow... He betrayed his friends. He sided with Octavia. He was wayward and the measure of a man. Um, sorry, he was wayward, but the measure of a man is what he does when the pressure is on and he buckled. Wow. So Pixie, we got two Pixies from our Dang. listeners so far. And then uh, Daniel says for Apollonius, he will not hide his love for him and that he needs more information on him. I agree. Yeah. He's, you know, we don't know that much. I would really love an Apple spinoff. That'd be amazing. Daniel says, joke society is a monster. He needs to put, be put down. His partnership with Lysander is troubling. And his prediction is that somehow Lysander is going to double cross him. 
but at grave cost to himself. Mm, so he's kind of in the middle of us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see that for sure. Yeah. Last but not least, he's prime. Apollonius? Yes. Okay. So All right. thank you, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. I feel like Daniel's Thanks, views and Cassie's views both align with mine. But we'll not, see. Maybe not Ben's. We'll see. Future Ben cutting in here. I am editing the episode and... We got an email from a howler. Her name is Brittany, and I really wanted to read it. Um, all right. She said she had to tap in and into the conversation when it comes to the Wrath Boys. Um, she says, with Tactus, though, a pixie most of his life, I feel he died prime. He definitely had his pixie moments, cutting the saddle of Primus Tamara, raping the serious chick, and running away with Lysander. However, I do think he still had a heart underneath his heart exterior and could have been a decent human had he been raised in a different household. Ultimately, he came to understand loyalty and friendship. Too bad it was right before Lorne, ah, badass, had to cut him down. And then she goes on to talk about Apple next. She said, this one's controversial, but gonna go prime, mostly because I'm with Aaron and love a smart, naked, musically talented bad guy. Though we part on Cassius, who I think outside of the bleeding place is a simple-minded pixie, but I digress. Brittany. Those are fighting words. All right, I'm going back to your email now. Gotta love every scene this guy's in. I think the fact that he finds out that the Ash Lord sent him on a suicide mission without backup to kill Darrow but still doesn't back down is pretty prime. Sidebar, would have loved to see the scene where he fought Fitchner for the Rage Knight position. Those conversations would have been gold. Tharsis is a pixie middle child. That is all. All right. Let's see if uh, Brittany's words from this email, you know, change our minds. I have an idea that they might not since we already recorded this. But we'll see. You never know. All right. Bye. All right. Let's make the case for. Let's start with Tactus. You want me to do this? Yeah. Okay. So Tactus, you know, he's a misunderstood abused little sad boy and he was led astray by his family the expectations of his family and the expectations of society and ultimately that dragged him down into making a bunch of terrible decisions so you're saying this is an excuse that he ended up regretting and apologizing for and trying to make right that was the that was the four that's the case for okay he's a victim Oh, okay. The case against. Um, he's got some pretty problematic tendencies, including attempted rape, which is on record. That is a problem. It's a problem. Yes. Also attempted murder of children. Why? Why? Yeah, is that is that it? Is that it? Also, he murdered <laughs> uh, Lauren's entire like servant household. He killed all the, the low colors. On his way to the... On, the, on his way to the grandchildren. Let's not forget about that. That's true. And he, he left Darrow when the ship was blowing up oh, at the beginning of Golden Sun. He did. Also, he's kind of selfish. He fucking stole Lysander, <laughs> the little twat, to return him to his grandma. Okay. Primer Pixie, Aaron. Pixie. <laughs> he's a fucking pixie through and through <laughs> because he does pixie shit. He does continuously do pixie stuff 
And now you're going to say he's a pixie. And I'm going to say he is a pixie. Wow. <laughs> We're going to get some hardcore hate. Some people love him. I want to hear it. They should have written in then. The people that love him are the bleeding hearts. <laughs> like they truly yeah. forgive and like want people to change and be better. And we're just like, no, fuck him. <laughs> it's, uh, ultimately, you kind of convinced me earlier when you said he's had a lot of chances. He's had a lot of chances. He did. He's had way more chances than anyone else. Right. He did have a lot of chances. Well, I guess Darrow's had the most And obviously, <laughs> I mean, if there's people that are going to be mad about it, they could have written in and told us why he was prime, and they didn't. So, so therefore, I think we that have says four, four pixie votes. I think that says everything we need to know. For Tactus. Nobody wants to stand up for him. Yep. No one will stand up for him because you know what? They don't want Lorne <laughs> to cut them down either. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Apollonius. You can take the case four. <laughs> I know you want the to. case four. I love him. <laughs> um, Apple is who he is. He is confidence. Um, he is a gold through and through. He's strong. He's powerful. Um, he didn't let imprisonment weaken him or you know knock him down. He. That's true. That's he, kind of like a. He like sneakily bribed his way into a paradise in jail. He really empowered himself in a he, moment of... Like, I mean, most people yeah, would give up in that moment. They would. But not Apple. <laughs> and not Tongueless either. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he is beat down again and again. He's got the bomb in his head. And then that uh, all his family members get like stolen, basically, from Darrow after Darrow breaks his deal. He doesn't get beat down. He finds a ghost cloak and chases <laughs> Lysander around. Like he's he's always looking to improve. Yeah. And I I'm pretty sure eventually he will have the mind's eye and we'll all be fucked. I hope so. All right, the case against he's also, you know, pretty problematic. <laughs> so <laughs> just he, everything. But he says poems. <laughs> he does. And he's speak really poetry. good at violence. I wasn't done with my my case four. <laughs> He he's a uh, a first chair prodigy violinist. That's true. Don't you want him on your team? He's pretty problematic, but he's fucking awesome. Prime. Prime. <laughs> <laughs> we love the baddies. <laughs> we're terrible people. I love the like true baddies. Anybody that's listening to this is established that we're terrible people. It's okay. It's okay to be like <laughs> we we essentially are Apple. Exactly. We laugh at dead babies and. <laughs> We love naked violinists. <laughs> like it's okay. It's very. That's why people feel at home with Hallerpod because they too are monsters, <laughs> and we can all just love each other. Yeah, we can be monsters together on Hallerpod. All right, you know what it's time for. What are we into this week? Aaron, you can go first. Okay. What are you into this week? The movie just came out on Netflix. It is Enola Holmes. It's basically about the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main reason I like <laughs> it is the cast. We've got Millie Bobby Brown, who's uh, 11 in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. We've got Henry Cavill, <laughs> who you all know by now because I love him so much. We also He have plays Sherlock, right? He's Sherlock. Yeah. But we also have Sam Claflin, which is... Some of Cassius, like a lot of people think of him as Cassius, also very sexy. Mm-hmm. Also, if you um, know anything about American women, 
we love British people. <laughs> like, hands down. <laughs> and so this is a great cast. Uh, you should all watch it. Um, yeah. It's on Netflix. Ben, what are you into this week? Okay. I'm into kind of two things again. First, the Dune trailer. The Oh, you're into a trailer. Yes. But I'm more into the, like Dune the book. I was talking to our Howler friend Rohit about the Dune trailer, and it just got me really excited about this week, so I watched it about 15 more times. And then the other thing that I wanted to bring up is the director of this movie is a guy named Denis Villeneuve, and Ooh. he has a excellent filmography. Like He's probably my favorite director working right now. And so my recommendation this week is watch the Dune trailer because Dune is fucking tight, and it looks really dope. And I'm they, excited. And... Um, then watch some movies that were made by Denny Villeneuve. Um, Enemy, very good. Kind of like Jake Gyllenhaal doing a crazy two-man performance. Uh, Prisoners, also Jake Gyllenhaal doing a weird performance. Wow, you're also, loving Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal's badass. Also, Hugh Jackman just being extremely intense and like yelling a bunch. And there's a lot of rain and missing children. <laughs> Prisoners is really good. Uh, and then Blade Runner 2049 like the most overlooked movie of the last f- few years probably it's a masterpiece it's so it's so long these, these are all movie wrecks yeah so it's these are the movies of denny villeneuve the director oh. so this, this is the guy that directed so basically all these movies. you watch all these movies waiting for dune right because he made he made dune and these are his movies that he's made prior to dune nice so blade runner 2049 most overlooked movie of the last few years i would say it got labeled as like long when it came out like everybody's like it's really long hey we got time now it doesn't matter it's so fucking good it's so such a good movie it stars ryan gosling he's amazing in it i love ryan Gos. i just watched the notebook because i was sad and alone and um damn i love ryan gosling he's great he's great in uh, blade runner also sicario uh incredible thriller about mexican drug cartels uh in california and united states so good anyway all those movies are fucking awesome watch all of them and and then watch this dune whenever a, this it comes is a out. big what are you into ben yes it's I a know. lot of movies it's okay it's great okay so the movies of Denis Dennis villeneuve, Denis villeneuve. <laughs> is he french <laughs> he's a french canadian Denis villeneuve yeah uh from quebec yeah i don't know uh, I believe it's Montreal. Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> Our Canadian howlers are like, the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> hey, I've actually been to Quebec. <laughs> I, I can say I've been to Canada. Um, and then uh, watch Enola Holmes. So a lot of movies yeah. to watch this week. You guys got, got some movies to do. All right, what's coming up next week on Howler Pod? Horsey. Uh-oh. It's Mustang. We told you guys some heavy hitters are coming down the line. It's Virginia. We're talking about Virginia uh, Augustus. Start writing your emails now. Call in. She is our conqueror. She is our conqueror. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail about Mustang and how amazing she is and how perfect and beautiful she is. 1-800-516-1540. Voicemail line. Find links to all this at howlerpod.com. Tell a friend about the podcast and spread the word about 
Pierce Brown and the books and about the sovereign herself. Rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, we will put you in our jail cell and not let you hang out in the cool. No hookahs for you. Paradise. (laughs) And then you're going to have to eat out of a tube and you might also lose your tongue. (laughs) All right. Thank you to Heather, our wise and wonderful researcher for all her hard work researching the characters and their historical connections. Thank you to Miles for our amazing episode art. This week is fucking tight. Wrath Bros is some of his best work. Wrath Bros. All right. Thanks, Allers. Omnisphere Lupus. Oh. Oh.